from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another edition of Inside Texas High School Soccer. It is the uh, up-all-night edition. If yesterday was the uh, after-dark uh, edition, tonight is the uh, the up-all-night edition. So welcome, uh, welcome to uh, all our supporters, all our listeners I'm sure you uh, have had an ex- excess of over 12 hours of Texas high school soccer, and we're here to uh, we're here to uh, finish it up, do the nightcap to uh, top it off. So, Rafa, what's going on, buddy? Not much. Just uh, pulling double duty tonight. Uh, we just did the uh, uh, Texas uh, uh, the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable Roundup for uh, uh, for San Antonio FC for the last game against Orange County, and then. Uh, we had a preview for tomorrow's night, tomorrow night's game versus El Paso Loco. Uh, so we had uh, members of uh, Loco's podcast to come on to, just to give a little preview of the game and analysis, and give us also give some props to to Bernie, which we'll talk about in a bit. But and then just a little overview of what we're going to talk about, you know, for the for the next week as for the big game versus Austin FC and the in the Lamar Hunt Cup. Nice, yeah, and. Uh... A big, uh, big shout out to my guys, the uh, seriously loco guys, who I know you know they do a tremendous job with their podcast too. So, big, uh, big, big, uh, big listener, supporter of them as well. Just in terms of what they do, it's an absolutely great podcast. So, if you haven't checked it out, both the uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable podcast that uh, Rafa and Harry are on, but also the uh, seriously loco podcast, which highlights. Uh, the El Paso locomotive in the USL, but they hit on so much more stuff beyond, beyond just that, obviously, but they're very, it's a very objective, very, uh, very good insight. So to all things USL as, and uh, lower division soccer as well. So, so yeah. All right. Well, awesome. So let's, uh, what a crazy, uh, it started crazy with, uh, with Rockwall <laughs> and, uh, and Ridgepoint and it ended crazy with uh, seven lakes and Plano. So, um, yeah, so we're going to look over five matches today, all five matches today, which were we kicked off the 6A. The big boys joined us, uh, big girls, right? And 6, 6A joined the party today uh, with a pair of 6A girls semifinals to start off the day with a 4A boys final uh, sandwiched in there. And then we wrapped up with uh, our two 6A boys uh, semifinals um, as well. So uh, initial thoughts before we start diving into the matches, Coach? Well, we had some, like I said, we're going to have had some intriguing matchups today. And also we had one for the fi- uh, final, the 4A boys final between two, uh, the f- uh, defending champ and, uh, and uh, like I said, like a new kid on the block as far as a newcomer into the final and, uh, you know, an up-and-coming program. So it, it was going to be an ex- – and we knew it was going to be an exciting day for for soccer. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So we'll go. We'll start off. We'll go to the first one right out, uh, right out of the gate. Nine thirty a.m. Our first six uh, A girls semifinal, Fort Bend Ridge Point and Rockwall. Fort Bend, uh, Fort Bend entered the uh, the match as the number one team in the state and the last lone remaining undefeated program, boys or girls, in the state of Texas. Um, they came in twenty six and zero versus Rockwall, coming in at twenty one three and two and of course Rockwall had to knock off a very strong uh, a very strong Duncanville squad as well just to 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 get here so um all kind of the initial thoughts were that it's like hey 
Um, Rockwall was going to come to play, but that ridge point might be a little too much, might be too powerful that they might eventually figure things out. But uh, apparently uh, Rockwall never got the memo on that, right? Yeah, and like I said, a lot of the times when it, a lot of the teams usually don't get the memo in. They 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 like to flex their own muscle and like to like I said, sometimes your program wants to prove everyone wrong, all the critics wrong, and and it, and then it happens, you know. And today, you know, Rockwell came in; they weren't intimidated. You know, they's like in order for us to reach our goal, we're gonna have to knock off like a Goliath, and and they took care of business today. They're there in the first in the first game against uh, Rich Point. Yeah, so it started. It was a very, very intense, very physical. I mean, you want to talk about a battle slugfest? Insert whatever adjective you want, but it was it was a tough, you know, drag down, drag out fight, so to speak. And um, you know, a lot of people. I did see a lot of commentary that a lot of people thought that the uh, the officials were. The official, the center center referee, w- did a great job in this match for how how heated it got, how intense it was getting. But very very physical contest. Uh, Rockwall comes away with it, winning winning it in overtime, four to two. Uh, how it played out was pretty interesting though, because you saw it was one one with twenty minutes remaining uh, in regulation, right? And then all of a sudden that you get we get two more goals back and forth. This entire match was back and forth, right? Ridgepoint takes the lead, Rockwall comes back, and then the exact same thing in the final, exact same thing in the final eight minutes as we saw two more goals for each uh, one goal apiece for each squad to make it two to two. One uh, one team scoring in eight minutes remaining, the other team scoring with three minutes remaining to send it into overtime. Um, then in overtime, you know, we got in overtime and it turned into it turned into the Rockwall freshman Morgan Morgan Countryman. It turned into the Morgan Countryman show, right? She scores scores a goal in the first overtime with f- about five minutes remaining. Then you see the the clear momentum shift because as that goal happened, we also see uh, we also see Ridgepoint have to play a player down, right? So they play a player down for essentially the last fifteen minutes of the match, right? All of the second overtime plus the last five minutes of the first overtime. So, uh, so in that you see in the second overtime, once again, they're able to convert inside of the last five minutes, Morgan countryman steps up again, scores another one and really seals it in what was just an, an incredible contest, uh, incredible matchup and uh, Rockwall, uh, Rockwall really, really surprising a lot of people, you know, shout out to uh, Rockwall, uh, goalkeeper faith graves, who had eight saves, had some incredible saves, uh, on the night as well, or on the day, I should say. Um, and, you know, the interesting piece with Ridgepoint was, you know, they had only allowed four goals the entire season. And that's, that's what they allowed, you know, that's what they allowed today. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? When you look back on this one? I think, um, I don't know if Ridgepoint underestimated them thinking, Hey, you know, we, we can take care of this game. We'll, you know, or were they looking past, this game, I say, yeah, we're, we'll be in the final. And like I said, Rich uh, Rock, Rockwall just, you know, they had to kind of, they're going to had to grind it out. If they're ever going to win this game, they had to grind it out, keep it close, you know, take a, you know, just stay within striking distance. And then, and, you know, and, and that's what they did. You know, they came back in that second goal and, and they had some momentum going into that overtime. And, and like I said, more in, you know, because mentioned it was the Morgan show. She took over and she yeah. did, she she made Ridgeport pay dearly in, in the in the overtime and and Ridgepoint just couldn't recover from that and 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 you know it was a big effort by Rockwell to to the you know to knock them off and now they have an opportunity to to finish the story you know and get to and get some hardware. Especially the gold and the gold hard word on tomorrow tomorrow afternoon. Right, right. So yeah, so shout out to uh, to the Ridgepoint Ridgepoint Panthers who obviously had a tongue. We talked about it yesterday. We felt like maybe they had the biggest chip on their shoulder after the huge disappointment in the in the early round last year and uh, this year. So this year they make it to state, but things 
things in overtime they just they just didn't go as to plan but you know congratulations on a great season to the panthers and uh yeah i mean really really tough one and they end the season 26 their lone loss of the season comes in the state semifinal but congratulations to them rockwall advances to tomorrow's 6a state uh, state final which will take place at approximately 4 p.m uh 4 p.m tomorrow they're at Berkelbach where they will face the winner of our next match that we were talking about, South Lake Carroll, who came in 21-1-4 on the season versus Austin-Westlake at 20-3 and in the second girls' uh, 6A semifinal. What were your thoughts on this one going into this one? Uh, these two schools are kind of like little mirror image of each other. As far as talent, um, the, the type of district they play in, uh, you know, the the tradition as far as in every sport they've they excel in almost in every single sport you know especially football and if that was a football game that's the state that was a state championship the year before you know so um so you know this was gonna be a really good competitive game um but you know the one thing is that you know west westlake got in you know, it was, was able to knock off, like I said, like a, a really good Brandon uh, O'Connor team and a good um, uh, Reagan team. You know, would that had been different had maybe like Travis not fell to Johnson? You know, we, you know, we don't know. You know, but they took advantage of it. You know, like I said that's how that's how that's how playoffs play. You know, roll. And so they they took care of business. They won the region, even though they finished second in district. You know, they knew they say, hey, we have an opportunity to hopefully get, you know, get into the final, but we're going to, we ran, in, you know, they were running to another team that was just a buzzsaw that knocked off some, some really good teams in the Dallas Metroplex area. You know, you got to give it to, you know, South Lake Carroll as far as, you know, who they've beaten, you know, for them to have one loss, you know, all year. And that was, um, you know, against, uh, you know, really good. Like I said, a really good. Um, like Tra- like Travis team. You know, the high ironic is that they're playing a team from that same district, and then the, you know, this could have been another rematch too from the from earlier yeah. season. But yeah. you know, they went through the gauntlet. They beat like Lewis Allen, Louisville Marcus. You know, two tough programs in itself, and so like I said, we're, it was it was one of the games that you were really like a, how, we don't we didn't know how it was gonna balance you know how is it going to turn because they can like i said any either one could kind of flex their muscle and see you know and took over the game so but what a game it was you know and and the the team that really wanted it more showed it today right yeah and so you know so south lake carroll they from the from the the onset controlled possession connecting passes and you could tell right away uh, Westlake was playing in a, I guess, a low block to a semi-low block. Their line of confrontation, where they were going to pick up, where they were going to initially provide any pressure, was about midfield or so. A lot of numbers behind the ball, so they were they were kind of conceding that they were going to allow Lake uh, or uh, South Lake Carroll uh, control control the ball for large stretches, right? Mm-hmm. You know, at 20, so about 13 minutes in, 14 minutes in, 20, uh, uh, senior Hannah Khan gets her first, first goal of the night, uh, of the day, I should say, uh, 18 yard, an 18 yard strike off of a great pass from, I believe it was Zoe Matthews. And Carol controls, Carol controls possession throughout. Westlake picks their moments. They have a hard time, uh, initiating any real counterattack in transition when they win the ball because of how deep they were and how many numbers they had the ball. So what, what you started seeing there a little bit was a their their lone true number nine kind of becoming isolated or having to drop in further and further and further into the midfield to try to r- remain connected to the rest of the team. But Westlake did have their moments, especially late, I'd say maybe in the last 10 minutes or so of the first half, started finding some space, on, started having some, uh, figuring some things out on the uh, on the right wing, particularly on the right wing, trying to get some service in there. Uh, but again, their their issue was just getting numbers forward. Um, so Carroll goes in, Carroll goes in at halftime, up 1-0 at second half. They come out, it starts really the same way as the first half. Eight minutes in, Hannah Khan, Hannah Khan gets her second one of the, of the day, 
pretty much from the exact same I guess, same part of the field, just a few yards further back. Twenty-two yard strike that gets past the keeper, past the keeper, strikes the bottom. You know, it's one of those those typical strikes the bottom of the uh, crossbar and then bounces, the takes the bounces in. So Tua gave her allowed way too much space and makes you pay. So the the senior and the interesting part with Hannah Khan is she was she was on that twenty nineteen team that uh, that last one state right so this is a very young south lake carroll team and we talked about you know some of their players some of their contributors one of some of their great passers uh and the one that was really making a lot of things go attacking that midfield forcing westlake to collapse a lot was the freshman the you know the the u.s youth national team call up kennedy fuller she was very instrumental in this matchup uh, and then uh and then so and it was pretty much at that point you really couldn't see Westlake was just having a hard time to get any true true looks um true looks any tr- decent shots if you will and then Zoe Matthews puts the the nail in the coffin for for good with I mean it was already within the final seconds anyway but this one ends South Lake Carroll 3 Austin Westlake 0 so South Lake Carroll advances to the to the 6A girls final and where they will take on the previous match we just discussed Rockwall uh they will they they advance to the to the final they they are now 21-1 and 4 on the season and excuse me and Westlake will uh, finishes the season 20 and 4 on the year congratulations to the Chaparrales. Yeah, and that's going to be an interesting matchup going in in that final between uh, Carol and, and Rockwall. And like I said, going it, Carol's going to be the favorite. And we all know, know that. But you saw what, what Rockwall did to Rich Point. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, Carol needs to be wary of that. You know, if, you know, they can't keep that a team. They, if they got to do the same thing what they did against the West Side, is, is put them away. Because if you keep Rockwall, you know, in this game, they're gonna believe, and you know, gonna say one little, one little mistake or one little free play could cost and cost you the state title. So, but it's gonna be a great, like I say, it's gonna be a great game. And like I said, I do, I do give the edge to Salt Lake Carroll on this, you know, but you know, be wary of what Rockwell can do. And if Rock, you know, like I said, Rockwell has some confidence. They said they can play with, like I said, quote unquote, with the big teams and. You know, this is they're they're not gonna roll, lay down and roll dead for for Salt Lake Carroll. They're gonna give they're gonna give everything they got tomorrow. Yeah, and you know the other thing we talked about it also where so that completes with Rockwell and South Lake Carroll today. That completes the trifecta of we uh, you know we talked about five A yesterday and the four A girls final. So we will see a clean sweep of. Uh, Dallas Fort Worth will be assured that a state champion will come out of their area for all three 4A, 5A, and 6A out of the, the greater DFW Metroplex because all, all three of those finals, 4A, 5A, and 6A, will all have two Metroplex teams facing one another in the uh, in the state title matchup. So with with both 5A and 6A happening tomorrow, and we'll we'll discuss that a little bit more when we look at tomorrow's tomorrow's final schedule as well. So all right, so moving on, you know, our our other final, second final of the of the championship week that we had was slated today, the 4A boys final, another one that we were looking forward to and I, I know a lot of people uh in our neck of the woods where we uh, where we reside were really looking forward to this one as you had Bernie, the defending state champion, the Bernie Greyhounds coming in at 25-2 and 1 on the year facing uh the Salina Bobcats coming in at 21-3 and 1 on the year and you know Kind of two teams. Obviously, they're going for a state title. Both want the state title, but also, you know, history in different way for both teams, right? You had Salina looking to make the double and really stake their claim as the the four A school in all of soccer, right? Both having having seen their their girls team just win a state title yesterday, and then you had Bernie, who was who was vying to make two different types of sets of history where they were, they were trying to become the first team from the San Antonio area to, to the, in soccer to ever win back-to-back state titles. And then also I think you had uh, 
Coach Strong becoming the first, uh, I think only the fourth, I think fourth coach to be to uh, to defend a title uh, mm-hmm. in, in all sports out of San Antonio. So so some history there either way. So um, or your as you were watching this one unfold, what what did you notice early in this one, coach? Well, early on, like I said, Solana struck first. Uh, so I saw the message on there and then long. I was like, well, are we going to have a repeat again of the last game? Uh, Stafford scored first, too, and then then the avalanche of goals came in in that game. I was like, well, knowing, knowing Bernie, because they've done this before with, with, with a few teams already, I said, hey, no sweat. We'll come back. And they equalized, and so I was just waiting and waiting. Okay, well, okay. but they went tied at one and one at the half. I said, all right. Um, we'll see the six, the six, seven goal bunch coming up from them that we were, that we always expect them because we were accustomed to now from them. And, but that didn't happen. You know, it, it, it stayed, it remained tied and kudos to Solana's defense to, right. uh, to stick, keep this game tied. And, you know, Bernie had a lot of chances that could put it, put it away on, you know, and during regular time and they just couldn't get it in. And, uh, going into overtime, I'm sure Solana kind of felt good to say, "Hey, here's our here's our chance." You know, we're we're taking them to the limit because Bernie hasn't been in an overtime game, and so here's so here's an opportunity to pull off the, like I said, an upset here. You know, since we're the, the they're defending state champs, but Bernie found you know just kept the pressure pressure and able to get a penalty kick and able to you know score that in and i know something solana went down a man and they just couldn't recover after that and and then like i said bernie ended up getting their back-to-back titles and coach strong getting the gatorade bath <laughs> for for the victory so congratulations yeah. to him on that on, on that yeah you know we look back we look back at um we look back at the timeline on this one and just like you said you know solana strikes first eight minutes in pretty quick they mm-hmm. struck pretty fast and then uh, I think it was about 12, 13 minutes remaining in that first half. Bernie figures it out on a corner kick. I know there was a lot of questions as to, <laughs> as to who that corner kick header actually came off of, but credit goes to uh, Joe Ballinger. So it goes in 1-1 one, one at the half. And then, yeah, I mean, this one was – it was interesting to watch because as a matchup, they were like – you had Salina that was pushing, pushing, pushing. They were going to do everything they could to take this from – you know, to knock off, you know, to knock off the uh, the state champ, right? They they knew Bernie wasn't going to just lay down, obviously, and they were going to – Bernie was going to make them take it, and that's what Salina was was trying to do. And then you had Ber- uh, Bernie who was just refusing, right? They just – they were as, – as you started seeing it settle in in the second half, they were – you started seeing them have more – more and more of the ball, right? More and more of – of the clearer opportunities. And uh, that said, Salina was just, was keeping them honest. And Salina was really defending, defending hard, defending strong, very, very, um, you know, very tough, very tough match, obviously, but they really dug in their heels and were doing everything they could to, uh, to, to hold, hold off Bernie. And they did, you know, it goes into overtime four minutes into, you know, four. And the interesting piece was, you saw this was the first of three matches where there was a penalty awarded in every, you know in three of the five matches today so so you get these you get these this penalty is awarded and then sure enough you know uh, Sam Thies wins wins the penalty Jess Gonzalez converts 2 to 1 Bernie and then it's like and then Selena or Selena I should say uh, also playing playing a uh, the last what 15 minutes i think down 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 a man because of yellow card accumulation so but the big thing in this one i think what really stood out because salina still had their moments they still had opportunities but you know sh- you know big shout out to we, t- we talked about it yesterday right we love goalkeepers bernie goalkeeper you know noah lamaster Ma- just had he only he had five saves and they were five critical ones, right? They came, they were, they came in crucial moments, and he was the difference. He was the difference, especially there was one, there was one late there where Salina came close to get to getting one, came out, popped up, got big, 
and he was mm -hmm. able to, you know, he was able to stop one. So, and congratulations to, you know, Bernie goalkeeper, Noah Lamaster, who's also, he was also selected as the final MVP. So congratulations, you know, congratulations, both teams. Salina comes up one, one game short. They end the season 21, four and one on the year and they end up the state runner up and the Bernie Greyhounds, they end finished the season 26, two and one and congratulations to him both the Greyhounds and Coach Strong as they are your 2022 4A Boys State Champion. So, all right, we're going to go ahead. We're going to bring in uh, bring in our guest here for to help talk the next one. He is uh, Mr. Mike Youngblood of the Texan Live. Mike, how are you? I'm well. I'm excited, man. We got state championship on the line tomorrow night. It's been a, it's been a fun journey to follow, and I'm really happy for awesome. everybody in that community. It's yeah. uh, I know they're not going to sleep. I probably won't either, but I, I have far less on the line. I'm just going to be <laughs> just going to be sitting in the seats tomorrow. Right. right? Yeah. So in addition to being uh, being part of one of the play by play announcers for te the Texan Live, Mike is also the voice of the uh, the Lake Travis Cavaliers. So kind of part of the reason why we wanted to have him on here for just for a few minutes while we discuss discuss the breakdown of the Woodlands and Lake Travis and uh so this was our first 6A boys semifinal match of the night. Uh, and um, so, again, Conroe, you know, Conroe the Woodlands comes in at 21-1-2 on the season. Austin Lake Travis comes in 22-3. And, and uh, we were – this was an interesting one, maybe a bit of a – a little bit of a tricky one. We talked about it before for Lake Travis having seen the Woodlands back in uh, – back on January 13th in which they defeated them. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it 5-1 to one or 5-2? to two? It was 5-1. 5-1, to one. Five, one, right? Yeah, okay. It just didn't sound right for some reason. So, um, so yeah. So, so tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about how, from your perspective, your point of view, some of the things you saw as it played out in the first half, Mike. Sure. Uh, I think uh, Coach had alluded the previous time they'd met. There was COVID issues on both sides, and it, it's preseason tournament. So, I, I mean, I, I've seen it in other sports, especially that just like you can't always buy too much into it, and. Uh, Watching the Woodlands the previous weekend, um, I, I wasn't blown away, but I knew they were good enough to you know, defensively try to lock things down and, and potentially give them a match. And you know, they, it was pretty tight early. The, the first goal uh, scored off a penalty kick off a, I guess it just, uh, they centered it, the ball took a bounce, and I caught an arm, and Ben Platt just, boom, uh, off the, the penalty shot. And... I, I felt at that moment that I just didn't think the Woodlands had enough offensively to, to really try to hang in a match like that. Uh, that that regional the previous weekend, I, I, they, I think they were really good fortune. They're, they're a great club, and we, we talked about the fact that this wasn't really the most experienced group. So to, to, to get to this stage, it's not no, no disrespect to them whatsoever, but um, having to get through MacArthur versus Duncanville uh, for the finals, I think what was beneficial for them for, for a team I think they, they matched up fairly well with, whereas Duncanville have a lot of explosiveness and a lot of high-quality playmakers that just didn't, you know, didn't put it together. So I came in thinking that this was probably a 2-0 a, a kind of match for Lake Travis. And, yeah, i completely impressed. that I, You can tell there were some nerves early, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. But then as the match wore on, and once they get the second goal, it was just – yeah, they played their style. They played with rhythm, passable, extremely well. And I think you can argue that there's probably been a couple more goals they could have put in. So, oh, yeah. I, certainly oh, yeah. no complaints. It was a lot of fun to watch, and uh, we're really happy for everybody in Lake Travis to, to, yeah, hopefully get some sleep tonight and mm -hmm. uh, sleep in their own beds and get ready for a state final tomorrow. That, that's right, right. Yeah, it was definitely that first half. It was interesting. Those first couple of minutes. Um, the jitters were there just a little bit, right? Just a little bit. And um, I think, you know, Coach Bam will tell you that. I think some of the, even some of the experienced players on that team, you know, Ben Platt, Alex Bethke, they'll probably tell you that. But they get 13 minutes in, they get that, they're awarded that that penalty, right? Ben Platt puts it away. And that just kind of helped settle things in a little bit, right? And it always helps when you get a penalty like that and you convert. And so, 
13 minutes in, they're up one. They're up one nil. They went into that. They went into halftime up one nil. But um, I was discussing it with uh, with Rafa it, during that as that first half was winding down. That it's like, hey, okay, they're they're kind of squandering some opportunities because they realistically they should have probably been up another goal or two going into the half. Um, but they they came out. They remained composed. And then Alex, you know, I don't know if Alex Bethke is actually getting the credit for both of those in the second half. I know he got the one. The other one was was initially being, defender. It was, was uh, being called a, a known goal. I got out there. Right. He was just kind of putting his leg out to try right. to deflect it and went right into the goal. So yeah, so it was, it was, it was very tepid celebration. So <laughs> I, I went back and, and uh, watched a bit of the replay to go back and see just okay, what the heck happened yeah. there? But. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're not like I grant you. There's probably a, a number of opportunities they could have capitalized on too, as well. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was very much, very much. I think an extremely I, and people can, people hear three three nil and they might think different things, but um, maybe it's like, oh, okay, so it wasn't that you know that much of a blowout, or no, it was pretty convincing. This one was very much dominant and one sided by Lake Travis and. The Woodlands could just could not get anything to go their way. Hence the own goal as well. Um, they just they had a rough go of it and just had a hard time of generating any true a true attack as you mentioned. So, what from your perspective, Rafa, would you think of this one? I mean, there's, I know I know like Travis probably was a little, maybe a little nervous because it was a rematch from the from the from the beginning of the season, and you know think you know things can change. From, from from the beginning to, to this point and knowing that they had to put them right in a, away right away not to give them any type of hope and I think it had with well, the Woodlands maybe scored first maybe the result might be different because that would have probably raised their confidence level up and really kind of put more pressure into like Travis but I think like you mentioned getting that PK kind of settled things down for them and I think once they, I think what I noticed with Lake Travis, once they get a lead, they're in full control, you know, and they take care of business, and and that's what they did. They just kind of flexed their muscle on the woodlands and just didn't give them any hope to like, hey, you're not you're not gonna get in this game. We're gonna you know we're gonna control this, and and that was the end result. So yeah, like yeah. Said, kudos kudos to them. You know, I know it was it was a game like, okay, it was a rematch and. You know, you can go either way. You never know the second result. It's no, always it's tough to be. It's always yeah. It's always tough to be at a team twice, or even like some teams, like the case with Bernie Champion and Drippy Spring Girls. You know, it's tough to be at a, you know a, a third time. So you don't know how what adjustments they you know they can see from you or from the film, and and end up showing them there at the game. So, but kudos, like I said, to to Lake Travis. You know, they took care of business, and now they're in the final. Yeah. And, you know, so that one and, you know, the, the big thing. So obviously, congratulations on a great season, uh, great season to the Woodlands. They finished the oh, season yeah. 20, 21 two, And at, up to this point, and he, here's where the stat that I'm about to mention is kind of a little bit even more mind blowing is up to this point. The their only loss of the season was that loss to Lake Travis. Right. So and. uh so they finished the season 20, 21, two and two, the only two losses of the season, both to Lake Travis. And uh, that is, and they make the run to, uh, they make the run to the, to the state tournament. And at the start of this season, one of the mind blowing stats about them was they had 11 players on this roster with no varsity experience whatsoever at the start of this season and four more that only had one year of varsity experience. That is, that is pretty phenomenal, you know? So I don't know how you can walk away. You know, if you're the Highlanders, there's no way you can walk away from this season thinking that it, you know, it wasn't a success um, because yeah, because they, they did. And it's, they're, they're on that road on their road back, a highly respected program out of, you know, out of the greater Houston area. So, yeah, I think, I think we're going to hear from them again uh, very soon. So, Congratulations to them on a fine, outstanding season. And Lake Travis goes to 23, 23 and three on the season. They advance to tomorrow's state final, which is slated for 6.30 p.m. So they will face the winner of this next match that we're going to discuss 
Katie Seven Lakes and Plano. So this match, uh, our nightcap match, and boy, was it a nightcap. It was it was an interesting one, and it was at times a defensive battle, kind of a little bit at times you could argue, you know, just a little slow at times. The teams were trying to create things. And uh, not boring by any means, but those last twenty minutes were like edge of edge of your seat. <laughs> it's like they 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 waited for all the action for the final twenty minutes of the match. So, um, so it was it was this was a game that was one nil one zero with twenty minutes remaining, uh, and then uh, off of a a corner or not a corner kick. I'm sorry, a penalty that uh, Seven Lakes was able to convert, and they were winning one one zero one nil. And then you see four goals in the final 20 minutes, including Plano striker Nolan Giles. He scores a hat trick in about in a span of about 18 minutes. Seven Lakes comes back, scores scores on a free kick just outside of the 18-yard box with two minutes remaining. And then just Seven Lakes, you Seven Lakes just kind of ran out of time. You know, you, you saw four goals in the final 20 minutes, three goals, and I think the final 12 minutes. And uh Seven Lakes just kind of ran out of time, and you almost got the impression that both te- <laughs> both teams were trying to squander the uh, the lead at different points. Um, so it was an entertaining final twenty minutes. Uh, but this this one finishes Plano three, Katie Seven Lakes two. So congratulations to the Spartans, Seven Lakes Spartans. They finished the season twenty two and three, and Plano goes to twenty four and three on the season, and they will advance to play in tomorrow's uh, 6A Boys State Championship Final at 6.30 p.m. So, Mike, thoughts on uh, Lake Travis facing Plano? Uh, This is a team with six, obviously, clearly the pedigree in terms of six state titles, uh, and they're kind of on that. A lot of people are saying they're on that march back, right, to to prominence. Uh, So your thoughts on that tomorrow? Boy, it's I don't know how either teams could be able to defend each other. I saw uh, Giles, man, he could really fly, and they had some. That that was an incredibly fun second half to watch. I think Lake Travis first getting over that hump of just the nerves of the state semifinals. You get through your routine, like it, it's a lot of emotion ramping up into that. That right. okay, you avenged the the regional final loss last year, and now you take the next step. And uh, I, th- I watched towards the end of the match on the LT side that it was like, I, I think this team found its composure and they have enough seniors and guys that have been in this mode all year to, to try to maximize what they got. Now it's a whole other story when you're taking on a program like Plano that, that's just got so much uh, prestige. And that, that I, I mentioned, it, I think the last time that I think this is just the kind of group that's, probably not going to get too caught up in that, that they, they know their mission, they know their style. But it, it seems to me whoever's going to defend better is going to win because they both can put it in the net. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, very simple and yet very well stated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a simple game sometimes. Right. Thoughts, Rafa? I, I think, honestly, the better team did it win this game. Really? Seven Lakes should have won this game. They're they're just better technically sound. They touched the ball better, but three defensive mistakes, three you know that should have never been, should have never happened, cost them an opportunity to go to the to the state final. And and I think this is now you know looking at Plano, Plano really relies on the long ball, and I, I think Lake Travis can I think defend that. They cannot, you know, really they're going to have to contain, you know, they, you know, they're you know, playing those leading scorer because he can score goals in bunches. You know, they're going to have to be very disciplined, not let them make runs from the back and so get behind them. Um, I was in awe about when I'm watching the final sec of those final minutes when Plano had the ball and <laughs> me being a coach, I'm like, you know, take the ball to the corner, kill some clock, and, you know, and they're still trying to like, and that's how they gave Seven Lakes that second goal because they were trying to get – I know you want to score another one, but, you know, you're going to have to have some discipline and, you know, you know maintain, maintain possession. And, you know, it, it came close because they, they had a – you know, Seven Lakes had a one last shot and they just couldn't get it in. So, I mean, like they ran out of time. So – and I know – I think LT is going to be the favorite on this game. But, you know, 
they just have to be be aware of making containment of of, right. of keeping away the the plano from using that long ball, and as if, and that and that's going to be the key of the game, and also like LT was scoring early. If they can score early and put kind of enforce their style of play, they'll have no problem winning the state title. No. Yeah, and I think with Lake Travis too, I think looking at both of these teams and having seen Lake Travis enough. Um, I think they're the clearly better organized defensive team. Um, you know, you look at their playoff performance, they've allowed their, I think their goal differential is plus 18 or 19. I think they've allowed, they've scored 22 goals and have only allowed four. And this is, this includes against, uh, this has been their run in the playoffs. They round rock shirts, Clemens, uh, Austin Vandegrift, Harlan, Northside Harlan, San Antonio Harlan, and San Antonio Reagan. And you look at those, uh, the only one that they've given up any, you know, they gave up one to Harlan early, and then they got that back. And they've given up to, the anomaly there is is Clemens, right? Shirts Clemens giving up three to them. But I think uh, a lot of those were late. They, right. they, got, they right. got up, like, huge, really, right, really. Right, right. Well, yeah, that final score was seven to three. So, yeah, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, but, and that's kind of my point. Right. And then, and then you look at today's performance, you look at today's performance as well versus the Woodlands and it's a three, a three nil performance. So, so from that perspective, I think you kind of have to say maybe advantage, advantage, uh, Lake Travis, but this is why we still play the game, you know, and then you look at, uh, Plano's Plano's playoff run has, has included a two, one win over Denton Geyer. A uh, Richardson Lake Highlands 2 0 win. Defeated Allen 1 0. They defeated a very good El Paso East Lake squad 3 1. And then defeated a very, very strong Keller squad 2 1. And then, of course, today's performance versus Seven Lakes. So Plano, Plano has a pretty strong resume out there, too. They have figured, they've shown that they can figure out teams with different styles as well. So, uh, so Lake Travis is definitely going to have to come ready. I want to post this to you, too. Uh, okay, so Lake Travis plays like the 5 o'clock game. Uh, you know, Plano wins a 7 o'clock game. It's going to be like 7 o'clock tomorrow. Like, It'll be 6.30. I never played. I, I, I don't know what the lakes would feel like after. Yeah, I think Lake Travis didn't necessarily have to turn on the Jets in the, in the last, like, 20 minutes of that match for Plano. Like, <laughs> their, their momentum swing was – Right. Incredible. But I like I I'm just kind of curious from your guys' perspective as far as like what is the fitness like? Is it is it an advantage to probably be sleeping in your own bed as the home team versus being together and I have no idea what they're doing. So uh I just wanted to pose that question to y'all. My my personal thing and you know, being a player and also being a coach, you know, I remember playing three games in a day in tournaments and <laughs> And then, and, and, you know, travel-wise, you know, even like I said, when I started coaching, going in the, with the club, on high school and also with club, you know, sleeping in your own, you know, sleeping in your own bed is an advantage because it's it's your comfort zone. Oh, no, and no. and then also, like, for Plano, you know, they had a drive down here from, from the Metroplex, and I'm sure that took a little toll on them. But I think if what's going to come down to who is physically fit, who, who's, who's that top? Tip shape and uh, when what I'm seeing, like I said, I don't I seen many much cramping. You know, as long as you take care of your body, I think one thing that I used to have, I used to do with players is put them in the put them in the, in the when they had a jacuzzi in the hotel, get them there for like, you know a good good uh, eight minutes and then get them out and get <laughs> give them a shower up and go to bed and just to get the relax their muscles and have them you know being hydrated. And I think that's what it comes to who's physically more fit, and that's what. I think that for me and my, for my experience, that's that's going to determine, you know, sometimes that determines the outcomes of the games and so forth. So, but like I said, I think I'm going to, you know, you got to give like Travis and Travis because they're sleeping at home, they're in their environment, they're in their comfort zone, you know. So that's 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 helpful for for, for a player. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow forecast will be a will be a scorcher. It'll probably be be the hottest day we've had in a while, and uh, I think. The the one good thing the one good thing for this one will be the fact that it's taking place at six thirty. So I think it'll probably be about 
I think it's looking like 80, about 88, 89 degrees at their kickoff. So manageable, but still, again, they're coming around and it, it hasn't been tomorrow will be a warm one for sure. I also think it's also nice, I think, from Lake Travis's perspective that they get to watch that Seven Lakes game where yeah, Plano has to get themselves ready for it versus you've won, you know what your destiny is, you can really mm-hmm. hopefully lock in and prepare. I don't know how much of it gives an edge per se because you know, you've got to be an excellent coaching staff to, to get your team program ready. But I think that that's a nice little hidden advantage is you get to kind of watch it in the stands and – get yourself prepared for the perspective of mind of, okay, well, who do we got here? So I, I, I can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll be a great one. It'll be, we got a great slate of games tomorrow. So starting at 11 AM, we'll go through, uh, quickly, we'll go through the full schedule here. So 11 AM tomorrow, we'll, we'll kick off the day with the, uh, so we'll start off with both the 5A finals followed by the 6A finals. 11 a.m. will be the first one. It'll be our 5A girls final between Frisco Wakeland and Grapevine, followed by approximately 1.30 p.m. The 5A boys final between Dripping Springs and Frisco Wakeland. Approximately 4 p.m., we kick off the 6A action, 6A girls final between Rockwall and South Lake Carroll. And then the nightcap, the final one, the grand finale, the last uh, game of the 2022 Texas high school soccer season, 6.30 p.m., approximately 6A boys final between Austin Lake, Travis Cavaliers, and the Plano Wildcats. So it'll be a good one. I think it'll be a dandy. So, um, all right. Well, final uh, final thoughts before we uh, wrap up. Again, for our listeners, we will be we will not be coming to you as uh, our final wrap-up tomorrow. Uh, both uh, Rafa and I will be at the uh, – San Antonio FC, <laughs> San Antonio FC game. So we got, we had other while still watching this and covering this stuff, but we'll be at another game as well. So we will be coming your way for, to wrap up a uh, championship Saturday on Sunday at 4 PM. So, um, so let's go ahead and let's wrap this one up. Mike, final thoughts. Uh, shout out to Lou Rush. I was doing commentary and uh, the play by play for, for, for all of these matches. I imagine Lou's got to be really tired because you're talking about doing four matches per day. And uh, listening to him, I I, I worked beside him last year in the state championship, so it was just kind of cool to take up really sharp today. I I enjoyed listening. So uh, part of the text and live stuff, he's he's a bit of a freelancer, but loves soccer, and I I thought he did a terrific job today. So I I I have no idea if he's going to watch this, but shout out to Lou, great job. I enjoyed the. Awesome. Uh, catch up with the games. The yeah, season. no, he had five. They had five matches the last two days. Five matches the last. I, two I, days. Yeah, I yeah. I did four in that previous uh, regional tournament, and I I then you do the two the following day, and I'm just wiped out. <laughs> I was not in the mood for talking. So, <laughs> uh, but, but that's that's tough work being done by that crew, especially the camera crew and production right. crew. They're they're putting together the replays. So that's part of our our staff there at Texan Live that works through NFHS. So. I want to give those guys their beer because they're kind of unsung heroes to me. Just that I was able to enjoy it from home to that. All right, awesome. And uh, to uh, Mr. Campeón de Campeones, uh, Rafa, what uh, final thoughts? Uh, just final thoughts. I said, just we're looking for for tomorrow's finals. It should be interesting matchups. A lot of great matchups. Uh, um, so good luck to all the teams, and also tomorrow, start of the Copa Tejas. Between the uh, SASC and El Paso, we're looking forward for that. Hopefully, we'll get a win. And then, um, just a sh- also a shout out to um, to the Salina Lady Bobcats, um, uh, you know, Twitter page, giving us a shout out. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you, you know, uh, congratulations again on winning on uh, winning your state title as well. Absolutely, yeah, Coach Adams, the entire that community, you know the you know, their, their boosters and their, you know, supporters. Thank you for the kind words as well. Unfortunate uh, that they couldn't have the deliver the double obviously today with the boys, but still, I mean, going down as the, uh, the state runner up, there's no shame in that whatsoever, whatsoever. And they played, they played a heck of a final against a very good Bernie squad. So they gave us a great final as well, just like the girls did yesterday. So uh, my final thought, kind of a brief shout out, something that we tweeted out earlier today, Coach uh, Coach Garcia, the Rockwall Rockwall girls head coach. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. It's awesome. There, it's like Great. the final. 
yeah, the final countdown, the final seconds of their big upset win over Ridge Point today in the semifinal. And she is just like losing it in a good way, right? Just happy tears, tears of joy. Uh, she's consoled by her other coaches, administrators, bring her on her feet. And it was just, it's it's kind of one of those moments as a, as a coach, as a parent, as a player that you love to see. And it's what, uh, what Texas high school soccer is, is really all about. It's a, it's kind of strikes at the core of why we all do this, right? We're more accustomed to seeing it from, from players, obviously, in terms of the, uh, the joy of victory and, and sometimes the agony of defeat. But uh, we don't see it as often from coaches, but it's, it's when it's obviously natural, it's organic. It's, it's a pretty, pretty awesome thing, pretty humbling, humbling thing to see. So shout out to coach Garcia from Rockwall as well. So, all right, guys. So thank you again. Appreciate you to our supporters. Thank you. Uh, thank you for all your support. Thank you for all the kind words. Please continue to listen. Again, you can find us on social, both on, on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, as well as on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. And, uh, you, you can also listen to the audio again. You can listen to the audio, uh, podcast on all major podcast platforms. Go on there. Give us a review. If you think, uh, if you, if you like us, uh, if you think we stink, you know, give us some positive, positive feedback, how we can make it better. Smash make sure the like button on the YouTube. So. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and shout out to our special guest here tonight mike as well as another special guest little uh little pup of his that he had joining us on here doesn't yeah doesn't, uh, doesn't make for great yeah, radio I knew foster chaser is the rare moment he's tired and he doesn't want to be yeah. jumping all over man so there you go awesome. so go cows go cows <laughs> all right we appreciate you thank you thank you again and we will see you good luck to again everyone all the uh, all winners that advance today to the state uh, state finals tomorrow. Congratulations, teams whose season ended today. You know, congratulations on tremendous seasons, and then also crowning another state champion in Coach Strong and his Bernie Greyhounds. Job well done and making history in the uh, Greater San Antonio area. So, till the next time, keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the Fifty Fifty Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading 